special guest with me today, and we're talking all about good grief. It is a real thing, and we can all have it, and myself and Anna here have been able to go through it together and apart, and we wanted to share with you exactly what those stages of grief are, kind of how we went through it together personally. So, Anna, I welcome you to be here with us personally, but close to me feels good, but in this vicinity and in our area, so just introduce yourself. Thank you. Um, my name's Anna Brown. I um, am a very good friend of Angela's and love her dearly. I'm grateful to be here with her today to talk about grief and um, how we've worked with that, um, with each other together, but also just to share part of my story and what I learned through grieving, um, what that felt like when it first happened, and also what it feels like 10 years later process that you go through um, initially and then just kind of resting into that being a part of who you are and then how you use that to bless other people. So um, I'm just happy to be here to share my experience to hopefully help and encourage relationships with others in any way we can through this. All right. Well, I'm so excited to have you in. Like she was saying, her grief is long term, 10 years. Um, for me, my, I lost my sister who was who she lost. I lost my sister three years ago. I lost my grandmother three months ago. So it's kind of like the difference in the love that we have for them doesn't change, whether it's 10 years, three months, three years. Like, it's okay to still feel the grief. Um, so that first thing that we dealt with was shock. Like, like I'll never forget the call. And like, for you, do you remember the call? Like, were you in somewhere when you found out? Like, what was it for you? For us, I, my mom and I took my sister to um, the operating room. They were removing a benign tumor from her ovaries. So it was going to be a very simple procedure. She had never um, had any type of surgery before, so she was very nervous. Um, but it was just a very simple procedure. They were taking her back to remove this benign tumor. My mom and I went out to the waiting room, and they called us back sooner than we were expecting them to. And that shock moment came when um, a very precious doctor pulled us back into a room and sat down with us and said, it is not a benign tumor on her ovaries. She has stage 4 colon cancer, and the tumor was... Um, had grown through the wall of her colon, and that is what they thought they, the benign tumor in her ovary was. Um, and they went ahead and checked and saw that it had metastasized to her liver. So within a couple of hours, we go in for a very easy surgery to find out that our lives are changed for forever, and she has stage 4 colon cancer. So that was the beginning of that journey. Oh my goodness. And like you said, it's that shock of something being different than what you expected. Like you expected something easy and then hard came with it. And then hard came with it. And we went back to see her. The doctor told us he had already told her what had happened. She had come out of anesthesia. And I remember walking back to see her and she looked at my mom and said, I have cancer. And And that made it real. That made it real. And I was like, okay, it's time to get a game plan. And your life just goes into a whole different mode that you don't really know you're capable of doing at that point in time. But boy, God brings you to a place of, this is what we're going to do. He does. And I think that is so important. Your awareness for this month is all about colon cancer. We have an amazing race coming up, the Blue Ribbon Run. So the reason why this whole thing is coming together is because our common person was her sister. I actually worked with her when I was just learning how to be a nurse in the beginning. She was the triage nurse where I worked at. And I was young. And I know I saw the love that this woman could give and the fact that she wanted to know me for me. And for the first time as like a 20-year-old kid, you just wanted someone to know you for who you were. And you know, when I met her, it was after her sister passed. And I didn't know like what it was going to be to meet someone and you saw their likeness. Because when I saw you, I was like, that's got to be her sister. 
I see the love all over you. Like I had to go at this race. Like as soon as I saw the race was coming up, I was happy that they were doing the awareness. Because I mean, as a runner, I never thought like, well, maybe I'll do a race for colon cancer. You just don't think about that. So I think it really took you from the shock. And then we kind of go through like that denial first. You know, as she was going through treatment, I know that you were probably a huge support for her. What was that like as you watched her kind of go through that treatment? Well, all along, she never gave up. So we, she was diagnosed Memorial Weekend, and she passed away three months later. So it was a very, very quick diagnosis. Um, her liver had been completely metastasized. So it was just a very quick, quick process up until the very end, Julie, she had moved into my home and stayed in my bed, and up until the very end, she was like, well, this is just temporary. We don't need to move my stuff. You know, I'll be right back in my house. And um, But during that time, it was just a part of being with her, and also, I was running at night. Um, we'd have someone come over and take care of the kids, and um, I would go run because that was my way of just grieving. It's I'd run at night because I could cry at night. Nobody could see yeah. me crying, and I'd cry until I couldn't cry anymore. And um, that was just part of what helped me heal after she after she passed. I kept running, and that was when God started tapping my shoulder and said, "You need to do something. You need to make a difference. You need to start a run." There's nothing here in Wilmington that's raising awareness for colon cancer, and I told God, "No, I'm not going to do it." And so I was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> he said, he was like, every day I get run, and he'd tap my shoulder and say, you're going to do this. And I'd say, I'm not doing it. And then finally, you know, God will lay on you enough until you say, yes, I'm going to do this. And then you look at how the blessings just unfold. So to be able to create an endowment for Julie at UNC Library, so all of this money with the Blue Ribbon Run goes to an endowment to save lives. So part of the grieving is realizing that you're called to do other things with it that will bless other people, irregardless of what type of grieving you're doing. Yes. No matter how you lose someone, no matter how someone passes out of your life, there is a way to use that experience to bless other people through it, and that's healing. So that helped heal our family. It wasn't just that we were able to have her precious life count, like really make a difference with her life that continues to bless others, because she blessed so many people when she was alive. But by by making a difference and by raising awareness and helping save other people, it helped heal me and it helped heal our family. And it has connected a whole group of people that have a commonality and a common bond become family and has helped us heal through that together. So it's just having eyes to see how you use what is put on your plate to help others and that helps others but it helps yourself too. it does and you were the biggest thing you mentioned is she was running at nighttime while her sister was still here so you took something that you already used to doing you didn't try to reinvent the wheel at all she did something that already brought her joy yes and it continued to bring you joy during this tough time you were still running to it so it's finding out that maybe a 5k isn't what you need to do in order to honor but you know i think for both of us for me when i found out about my sister it was and she was in her 40s, so we were not expecting this at all. There was no cancer. It was literally my dad calling and saying, your sister is gone. And I'm just like, there was just this thing between like, but is she really? Like, I haven't seen her. You know, there was a difference, and I hadn't seen her in a while. I hadn't talked to her in a while. I didn't have that connection. So I felt like when she left, I wasn't really quite sure if she was gone yet. And then the denial was really looking at my father and as I watched him grieve, I could see that his heart was really in it. And the more that I was digging down into it, the more the denial was sitting in with me. Like, how do I get this out? 
Um, and for me, the day that my sister passed, I chose to work and onboard eight people that day, virtually, with a hat on, tears in my eyes. But the women that I reached out to on that day, like those eight women have stayed in my life. You know, even though I don't work for that company anymore, it was something about the strength that they saw in me to do something for her. And I was like, you know what? My sister wouldn't want me to sit down and not work today. So I chose to work. And even in that, in three years, I can look at the day that I was the most shocked and most denial. I chose to do what made me feel good, and that was reaching out to someone. Else. And looking out helps those eight ladies. And, and, and we're still like the best of friends. And I can tell you, they text, and it was all from them.
Well, and I think that people just need to be honest with the fact that sometimes grief hits you out of nowhere sideways. And that's a very real thing that I remember, and it still happens. It still happens. And it'll still take the breath out of you, and you ha- and it's okay to cry through that, too. That's a very real thing when you lose someone. I remember walking through Harris Teeter and walking down an aisle that Julie wanted a certain type of, of vitamin water. And walking through and seeing that vitamin water, and it was instant. Or something else will, will happen, and you'll hear a song. Or I was helping to clear some files out at my parents' store, and I saw her handwriting. You know, there are just things that it's okay to recognize that you don't get through grieving and then you're done grieving, that it's a very normal thing. And I think God does this for a reason, you know, that, it's, that he will bring a smell or a song or something that you see or a person or a situation that will sometimes knock you sideways. Yes. And it will take the breath out of you. And in that moment, you know how much this life meant to you. And it's okay to recognize that. It's okay to cry through it. Whether it's out in the public, it's out in the public in a grocery store, or yes. later at home in a shower, God gets that, and yes. He uses that. It's okay to, to keep that person. If they didn't mean so much to you, you wouldn't be affected by these things. So you feel like that's kind of like that fire reburning for that person. Yes. Like, and I think that's another sad thing when you lose someone. It's like I sent it to a message when I, I put quote unquote lose because when I told one of my friends I lost my grandmother, her response back to me was that she didn't lose. She was like, you get energy in this world is ever best. It's infinite. And no energy can be lost. So when she left here physically, she went somewhere faster to watch. She's like, so for next three. Yeah. She's like, so you know, I hear her now and I'm like, oh, my grandma would have said that. Like, I look at things and I think of it and what would she have said? Or what, like, the what would Jesus do back in the day? I think of what Betty had done. You know, what would my sister have done? What would Julie have done at this moment? Um, And sometimes that's enough to keep is to just know, like, they want it more for you, always, like, and always in these tough times, we get to a place where you're just trying to figure out the next step. Well, and also, grieving isn't just about you, I mean, you have to, like, I had Julie's son, and my children, and my mom, you've got your children, your husband, you know, other family members, so it's not just about, there's an awareness of, I need to be there for them, too, and I need to receive from them the strength that they're giving so it really is a village in some way and receiving is huge because a lot of times when you're the giver it's so easy to give that love to everybody that needs it like for the first to receive it for my kids I was just like anything you need um and I think the first time my husband came to me and he was like and that's all he did like he didn't have to say anything and that's why I love him so much because he didn't have to say anything he just simply was like this and I laid on his chest and that was my time to grieve it was like he God called me so strong for everybody else but when I needed someone, I needed that support, it was just as simple as what he asked us to do, just fall. And I felt, it felt so simplization as to what God does. He says, just lean on Just be still. Yeah. Just be still. And that being still is hard. Oh, my gosh. When you lose someone, you feel like you want to do all the things, but you have none of the energy to do so. Well, and that kind of gets me back just to part of breathing. I feel, too, when you talk about being still, is just it's breathing. Like, you forget when you're going through so much, and it's almost like this mode that you get into that you have to fill up every minute because you have to stay busy. Because the minute you stop, life seeps in, and it's real, and it's at that point that you kind of get stifled a little bit, but learning that it's okay to be still, but you have to breathe deeply in those moments, and there's something so healing about taking that full breath all the way in and just staying still in that second instead of just shallow breathing through it. 
that are real. It's like I can look at podcasts all day long and feel something. I can cry, I can get mad. Um, but then when something happens in my real life, it's like I want to cage it to just like, okay, well, I won't feel this sad or I won't feel this bad or I won't share it here. Um, and I think it was huge even for us reconnecting when I was able to reach out. We knew about my grandmother because we've talked to her. It's like, wow, three years ago, the conversation was, you know, she's losing her mind. And I'm so afraid. And I think even then, I probably cried talking to you. That was three years ago. And all this time has passed. And when I could call and say, she's gone. And I knew that someone else would understand that. I think that is huge for finding someone that has dealt with grief to help you deal with it together. And it sometimes has to be outside of your family. Because, again, you rely so much on what you give to someone. Um, that when it's your friend, like even when I call you, I'm like, what do I need to hear from you? Or when you call me and you say something, I'm like, oh, she probably made my day. Like, it, it's, it's something about that outside reaching out. And I think even with Alzheimer's for me, I'm doing a race coming up in June. Um, it's about the awareness that we can spread. Absolutely. There's so, so much about it. And there's so many communities of colon. I mean, if you were to go online right now and Google colon cancer communities, there are so many places that you can drop yourself in to just get a better understanding. And to figure out, you know, what you can do from that point. Yes. But let me get back to what you were saying as far as friends, because I think that's so important. The friends that you have now are different than three years ago. Because God's placed them there. Like, realize that he's created this village. I mean, he's not your family that you've always had. But when you recognize the friendships that you have after and through that grieving process, those are the strongest friends you'll ever have in your life. Like, the it friends is. that I have now, that I have gained as a result of this heavy loss for deeper friendships than I could have ever imagined and that's by design so you know being just so grateful for those people that are put in your life to help walk you through grief and then move through it into a place of blessing others is just huge and then you and don't be afraid to reach out to people I think yes. so I'm saying like don't just rely on just your family because you're scared to be vulnerable around other people yes. it's through that vulnerability that those strong friendships that are so meaningful thrive. That's where they start. So I think it's just important for people as they're working through grief to to be real, to go ahead and be yourself, to share your story, and to let people share it. That shows you when you're real. So even when you're like, I remember my first trip to Dollar General, like, and I was, and I noticed as I was in the checkout that I was like, I'm in the store for the first time, and she's gone. Yeah, that's a real feeling, isn't it? And I had no idea I able to be in a store. Right. And, and that seems very small, right? For the moms that run out to the store every day, like, but when you lose someone, you're thinking everything that you did was kind of like your first step. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it all felt like my first workout after her. I was like commemorative. It was like this is dedicated to her. And there's something about being able to dedicate something to someone. So I feel like for people that are going to take this and listen to it and say, you know what, I need to get my health on track. You know, I have family things, I have diabetes, I have heart, I have cholesterol. Start learning about what you can do before you lose your life. Well, and family history is a huge thing, too. It's gigantic. So, and just to raise a little bit, since it's like March is colorectal cancer awareness month, um, just a little shout out for that. Um, it's so important to pay attention to signs in your body. It's so important to pay attention if you've got blood in your stool, if things are different and shifting in your body. If um, you have to be an advocate for your body to pay attention. And colorectal cancer is an embarrassing cancer. It's not something people want to talk about. So part of this is like breaking that barrier of silence of everybody needs to talk about what is healthy to their body and what isn't. And then to reach out when you do have symptoms and to stay with your doctor through that and also family history. So with our family history, my uncle passed away a year after my sister. My sister was 41. 
my uncle on my mom's side passed away from colon cancer a year after that. Um, my other uncle's in remission, so it is a big time in our family. Yeah. I have to get colonoscopies every two years as a result of that. What I want God to please listen to is that if you have symptoms, please don't ignore them. I found out later my sister had symptoms. She was a nurse. She ignored them. It could have saved her life had she spoken out loud or had she seeked a little bit further. If you get diagnosed with the hemorrhoid and they come back, ask to get a colonoscopy. You know, be your own advocate for that because you can save your life or, you know, talk to your friends about it. Talk a little bit more openly. Um, it can save lives. It's the most preventable cancer there is. But you have to catch it in time. You have to catch it in time. You have to catch it in time. So the race that we do is not only um, a 5K. People don't have to run it. It's a one-mile fun walk. Um, it's at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. My sister did not like to wake up early, so we have an afternoon race, which is very unusual. Yeah. Most years, we have transportation to Dockside with a band, and they give us a huge reception as just a celebration of life. Um, we can't do that this year, but um, we do have an, on, an in-person event and a virtual event. We have friends signed up for um, different teams all over the world. So I'd like to encourage you guys to just to go to um, the blueribbonrun.org or it's go time and sign up for the Blue Ribbon Run, even if you just want to walk. This year, really, we're telling people, if you just do any kind of exercise okay. and sign up, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. It really is, as far as yes. giving us the chance to raise some money to go directly towards research and raise awareness. Um, this is a really, really great year to get plugged in and to do something healthy for yourself, but also that gives back for a really great And it's virtual, so this is your first year virtual. Um, last year we had it was just okay. starting. So okay, this we're the first year that we're that it's virtual. But I will say, if there are blessings to be made of the COVID situation, we have members in our community that are not that are dealing with stage four colon cancer, and we they have got friends and contacts all over the world. So this is the first year that we have got already 230 people signed up. Most of them are around the country and around the world. But what that shows the people in our community that are struggling with stage four colon cancer, they can see the support of people that can be invested in their journey all over the world. And it's not just only to North Carolina where this is happening. People yeah. are so that is huge. So even it's huge. It's finding the silver lining. Exactly. And that's a big one. That's okay. a big one for people to feel like they can do something to help someone they love no matter where they live yes. for this particular event. But it is a person also. So they love to have people show up. Come and hang out with me. So I'll be there on the race. I'll be doing the stretch out as well. So I'm excited to see you out there. But if you want to meet with me virtually, I have a group of the Love Uplifted Ladies. So contact with me so that we can get together and have you added on to my team. Again, whether you're doing it virtual or not, I'm actually going to try to do it live and have you guys run with me so you get to see my feet on the ground doing the run and making a difference. Um, we're to that final part where it was acceptance for us. And I think this is what acceptance looks like. It's saying, what, where do I go from here? How do I keep the light going past just the tears that we're going to feel from them? How do other people acknowledge their family? Because I'm sure you've had people come out that have lost people after. Absolutely. That were like, thank you for having something where I can commemorate my sister or my mother or my uncle or aunt. Like you're, you're opening it for people that have dealt with grief and maybe didn't have a place to put it. So it's even nice like, Jesus, a place to put your grief. So Yeah, it's nice to have something in this community that can bring people together that are going through the same journey, the same battle, and to be a place to, to gather those. And there are there are events for people that have lost others all over yeah. this community 
all through different kinds of events. So maybe that's a good thing is to search for something. If you've lost somebody and you know exactly what it was from, become an advocate. Search and see if they have virtual raises. Search and see if there's ways that you can donate. Even a little bit does a lot. Absolutely. A dollar does a lot. You know, I have my kids donate dollars to things. I know that they're like, what's just a dollar? Like, but you're putting in to something greater than you. And when you can do more, you will do more because you started young. So encourage your kids even um, to do this run or walk with you virtually. Like, get your whole family involved because these things, when we lose people, the only way we can have good grief is by knowing that we did everything we could beforehand, everything we could do during, and everything we could do after. Well, and I think back to, I think, one of the first or second runs that I put a medal around for that not knowing who you were. Yes, I won. And I have that. I won the first one for the girls. I was so excited that you that we didn't even know each other that or you knew who I was but I did not know the connection that you had with Julie until you reached out to me and it's just it's all interconnected and you can look back and see God's fingerprints are everywhere he uses everything and it's just a matter of seeing it and letting him do it so I'm grateful for you that you were there and part of that and I love it what you're doing and thank you for letting me be a part of this process thank you thank you it's been it's a huge blessing I'm like I was telling her that you can never know friends are going to be. Um, you never know how deep their relationships will become. I, I literally showed up to a race to just meet her sister, um, and I really just showed up. I didn't even know you were going to be there, and then when I saw you again, like, the, the guy tapping on the shoulder, he's like, go give her a hug, and I'm like, well, she won't know me. It's going to be really strange, and he's like, go ahead, and it's like, as I'm getting closer and closer to you, as soon as you hug me, and I it try not to hug, hug. <laughs> it was a good hug, and my husband's like, so hard. I mean, even if you got to hug yourself for someone these days, but it's reaching out into some unlikely places and having some unlikely friends. Because now I can't really see my life not having you as like a sister to me. Um, and your sister was in my life, right? I mean, we had been away from each other for about seven years. And right when I was having my son, she happened to be, God placed her in maternal fetal medicine for me to see her again. And that same feeling that I got when I hugged you was the same feeling I got when she hugged me again. Um, and she told me it would be okay. And I watched her go through it so peacefully. So peacefully. I think that was the biggest thing, even when she told me. She was just such a light in her still that I'm okay. Well, and she definitely, I'll never forget her saying, I'm his lamb, like I will be whatever he chooses for me in this is what I will accept. And she went through the entire journey so for that three months. She completely gave her life to God. And I felt life. no fear. When there was talked no to fear. so many different people that have cancer, um, I'll tell you honestly, that's what sent me to labor. Um, I had my son September the 17th, and finding out when I walked into that office and seeing her picture in there, and I'm like, well, oh, maybe she's just gone. You know, my thing is, maybe she's just resting. Like, God, I'm so glad she's going to take some time off. And it hit me again, shock. It hit you hard. Yeah, because it was that fast. It was that fast. And I'm like, well, we just reconnected. And, and I think when we went and we went together and ate lunch for that first time after, and I pulled out that little piece of paper that had her number on it, and it was on the alcohol pad. And that was all she had that day when she first saw me. She's like, I don't have anything to write on. Let me just write it on the alcohol pad. Yes. Yeah. And I stuck it in my wallet, and there was something about when I pulled that out and showed it to you that I could see you even saw that was your sister's handwriting, that was your sister's phone number, and that she was kind of showing you that she loved me close. Yeah. And it was like, that was telling me that I needed to keep. So know that you're going to have friends in unexpected areas. Our 
been great friends and good people. Um, but this is going to lead us to, to going so much further. And I encourage you when you hear this to have a conversation about grief that you might feel like you haven't gone through it in a way that you've had support. Because I'm here now. Um, you know, even in my group, you can message me if you feel like you're struggling with dealing with grief. I want to be able to help you. Um, I have people and friends like her. I have friends like my friend Kim who lost her mother at the beginning of the last year that we're here. And even if these women are my support women, I can go to them and say, hey, I've got someone struggling with grief. How did we get through this? And that's what we're bringing you together to show you you can get through grief. Um, grief has a good to it, too. It is not always bad, but you've got to search for the silver lining to have to do more. You have to educate yourself. And then every time you teach someone, you reach someone. And I think that's what she's doing now with the Blue Ribbon Run. So I ask you, I might ask you, I'm going to beg you. I don't do that often. I am going to beg you to go and look up the Blue Ribbon Run here in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can check it out again on www.itsgotime.com. There's a bunch of different races, but make sure you go down to March the 27th because that is when we are showing up. Again, you can be virtual. You can be in person. More than anything, we're spreading awareness about colorectal cancer. And I'm going to ask you, if you haven't been tested and you're over 45 or 50, go do that test for someone that we wish would have done it before. If you have any symptoms, like she said, and I will drop a list of symptoms for you underneath this video, I want you to check yourself out. I want you to be aware every single month on what you see awareness going on around you um, and know that grief can be good. You just have to be willing to go and out there so thank you so much Anna, for thank being you. here on being here with us for talking uh, for giving your good grace and